0: Six bongs on the wall in Marsha's Mansion. That means it's time for Fish at Six. Dallas Cowboys live from Frisco. This is the Fish Bowl. Christmas decorations going up. That is the star. Christmas decorations. Charlotte started putting up uh, Christmas decorations at the star, uh, I think, last Easter. So they are rare to go. And so are we on a TGIF. Thank God it's fish. Uh, We get you through your cowboy weekend by starting it right now party down fish out you can also go uh and get christmas presents yeah go into the uncle fish store below uh this week and i assume this week runs through sunday broken halo you can go to the uncle fish store and get 20 percent off everything fish code is fish 20 type in fish 20 use that code get 20 percent off get yourself one of four kinds of texas coast offense shirts these are luxurious uh or Still, the all-time most popular item in the fish store is the fish out mug. Top 10 uh, from last night, a delightful game to uh, to be in the building for at AT&T Stadium, and always honored to do that. And then the aftermath. Get in, get on, be good. Bring something of intellect to the table. Only three slappies allowed per show, so let's get those out of the way. Oh, uh, nine Max, fish, I have that exact shirt. It's cool, isn't it? Thank you. Bring something of intellect to the table. We have the brief fund that can help uh, fuel the program if you want to. Most of all though, would you please hit the like button? That beats the algorithms and YouTube then recognizes, oh, Dan Grigsby, Frank Rich, Ken Lawson, Rob Wrights, Carlito, you guys have cowboy intellect. You want real cowboy information, not this hoo-ha. And YouTube really does recognize that and then gives you more authority. So please do hit the like button over the course of this program. And away we go. Dak Prescott is the Pied Piper. Now, what does that mean? Uh, Michael K., Fisher, it was great to hear you on Sean and RJ the other day. Uh, those are my guys, so much fun. Still a fan guy. And I appreciate you listening. Like everybody's heard, I'm I'm working on the assumption that if you're under the age of 34, you don't you've heard the phrase Pied Piper, but you really don't know what it is. So let's begin with Jerry Jones today saying Dak Prescott is the Pied Piper. Steve M, check out the Uncle Fish store. You're gonna like it. The Pied Piper is like a trillion year old mythical, legendary, and kind of nasty story about rats. What? Jerry Jones says that Sean that 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 Dad Prescott is the leader of raps, Rats, Rats? What? And so the way the story has grown over the course of hundreds of years, now Pied Pied Piper, it means he's a leader. He blows his pipe. And he was hired in Hamelin in Germany, mythically, to play his magical pipe flute. And the rats would follow him, and he'd lead them right into the river, and they'd drown the rats. This is Uncle Fish stories, by the way. <laughs> you, you didn't know you were going to get uh, a, a uh, mythical German history lesson, did you? Q, Q West Coast offense is coming together, otherwise known as the Texas Coast offense. And yeah, concerning the fact that they now, the Dallas Cowboys, lead the NFL in scoring. 32 points per game, lead the NFL in scoring. I saw somebody say, oh, I thought Mike McCarthy didn't want to put light up the scoreboard. It's not what he said. It's not what he said about Kellen Moore. He didn't say he didn't want to light up the scoreboard. Of course he wants to light up the scoreboard. And the other stuff. So if you would have told somebody they were a Pied Piper, I don't know, uh, X hundred years ago, they would have said, what do you, you mean I'm going to lead rats into a river? By the way, the other part of this story is then the city of Hamelin didn't pay the Pied Piper. So then he said, OK, I'll show you. And he played his pipe for 150 children in the town of Hamlin and led them into the river and they all drowned. So that's my story. Good night, everybody. Tip your waiters and waitresses. No, not really. Dak is the Pied Piper. And what Jerry's saying is when Dak blows his little pipe, people follow. And boy, oh boy, is it true. You're aware by now of the story, two minutes left in the game, or something of Dak going over to the defense and uh, using every swear word in the book to inspire them, pep talk them, but also say, we did our part. Now go out and do yours. I believe in you, I trust you. Go get your bleep and your bleep and your bleepity bleep. And then the Cowboys defense did exactly that. Dak Prescott, the Pied Piper, of Frisco, also known, the original Pied Piper, as the rat catcher of Hamelin. Don't go up to Dak Prescott and say, no, we're not going to have that t-shirt. Dak Prescott is the rat catcher of Frisco. We're not going to have that (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. Item two, then Jerry, because he speaks in hyperbolic terms, keeps going. Pied Piper thing is cute. And he's, he's suggested something like this before. I don't think he's ever come quite out and said it like this. That Dak Prescott is the greatest leader we've ever had. We, meaning the Cowboys. Diddly diddly dink. And he says, I mean, players, coaches, all of it. Now, again, you, you cannot, if you understand how to speak Jerry E's, you cannot take him... Super literally, you have to understand he's he's just trying to paint this big, beautiful picture of this nice little point. I will back it up, though, the little point, not the big, gigantic picture. This goes back a couple years ago. Troy Aikman, who's one of the greatest team leaders I've ever seen in person, said Dak Prescott is the best leader he's ever seen. So if Aikman says Dak is this incredible leadership figure, then that's good enough for me. Um, Philly points out Troy Aikman was the best leader. I'm gonna point this out because obviously I, I lived it as much as a media person can, the 90s Cowboys. Irvin was the unique leader. And unquestionably so, to the point where everybody on that team thought he was their best friend. And still do. Karen Attaway, Uncle Fish uh premium pitched in the refund. I think Staubach was the best leader. How do you overlook that? And you know what? Let's play that game tonight. Go go for it. That's that's fun. Because they've had And and I don't know that, again, we can't take Jerry super literally. He wasn't here then, but he said, you know, he said ever, and he said best, and he said better than, and he said, you know, we, I mean, Roger Staubach, leadership, and the whole package, we really probably should have elected him president. And I'm serious. So Roger Staubach, we can go way back. And and some of it, if you're a fan, and we weren't there there, and I wasn't in the locker, I wasn't in the locker room for Bob Lilly. So some of these guys, we just think of they're just uh, they're face of the franchise, brilliant talents and class acts. And so, you know, Bob Lilly is on that list. Drew Pearson, Roger, I mean Roger Staubach, really, really for real, like a like a leader of humanity. But I have been around some. Incredible ones. Uh, Coach Dan Reeves in Denver. Ronnie Lott as a player in San Francisco. Uh, I I thought then I would never see anything like him. And then I came here and saw Irvin and Aikman run that locker room. If we're talking about coaches, uh, Jimmy Johnson gets to be on the list. Tom Landry, Bill Parcells. Bill Walsh. Uh, Russell Berry says Gene Stallings. Talmadge says Don Meredith. Pretty good list of cowboy names, huh? Philly D, and and uh, I, I know you're not being a troll because you're too smart for that. Jalen Hurts absolutely is on this list, 100%. And Dak Prescott, Belongs really high on this list, and, and and the way he conducts himself. I've told you this story before. I'll tell it again. I used to argue with Sean Sharif about about the the contract that you would end up giving that player way before he got the big contract. And I said, I I will I will pay him in part to be a quarterback, and I'll pay him in part to be a man. And how nice is it that now, as we sit here today. As you're getting ready to pay him. You know, we don't hear those stories anymore, do we? Should we really pay Dak $50 million? Yeah, you know, that story's gone. Till he throws an interception against the Eagles. God forbid. You take for, when the guy is a quality guy, classy guy, leadership guy, and it's a shame we all do this. You take him for granted. We take him for granted. And we forget what an absolute knucklehead player X is and would be if he was in charge of a football team or just on a football team. Cowboys have had some great ones. Dak Prescott is indeed on the short list. Uh, Guys have different styles. They have to be themselves. One one form of great leadership is don't be fake. Dak Prescott doesn't have a fake bone in his body. Either did Aikman. Either did Irvin. Either did Switzer. <coughs> Item three. <sighs> ESPN writes that there's going to be a bidding war for Shaq Leonard. Wonk. Wonk. No. And they're stirring it up because that's what the media does. It's a tug of war. It's not a bidding war. Because a bidding war insinuates that there's going to be wheelbarrows full of money pushed around in Frisco or in Philly. That ain't it. Trust me. This is a... This is a war about attractiveness, not about money. The Eagles will not be spending big money on Shaq Leonard. Trust me. And the Cowboys will not be spending big money. That's not what this is about. I don't care what ESPN says. I don't care how many times they say it. I don't care who says it. And I don't care how authoritative a voice they say it. This is Frisco versus Frisco Vis- at its best. The, the two guys that are doing this debate for ESPN talking about where, where Shaq Leonard's going to go, which, by the way, isn't that big a deal. Said it's nice. I've never seen either one of them at the star. Frisco, you want to get your cowboy information from Frisco, or do you want to get your cowboy information from Bristol? Michael Williams, $5 pitching. Great work as usual. Fish didn't get to watch the post game. Bad night for the defense or cracks exposed? Let's get to that in item five with the help of Duran Bland, which we'll do momentarily. Thank you for asking. Jangly. I like the part when Jake Ferguson took Schultz's job and said, it's Fergin time, and then ferg all over the Seahawks. Uh, Of course, Dalton Schultz doing a good job in Houston. Injured this week. Unavailable for Houston. Also, Tank Dell, uh, the sensational little rookie, he's questionable. So CJ Stroud uh, might have to carry a big load by himself as Houston tries to stay uh, in that race in the AFC South. But... Ferguson is doing everything and more that Dalton Schultz did here. And it's very impressive, as long as you don't pay him $10 million a year. Item four. Please don't make me spend more than three seconds on, should the Cowboys sign Dak Ertz, Zach Ertz? Here's one, two, three. Should the Cowboys sign Zach Ertz, there, I just wasted three seconds on it. Goodbye. <laughs> Item five. This is the beauty. Here, First of all, here's the ugliness of being in the Cowboy spotlight. All of a sudden now, Deron Bland sucks. What are we watching? He can't ever get beat? He's going to... For him to be a pro bowler, which he will be, for him to be all pro, which he will be, for him to be a Defensive Player of the Year finalist, which he will be, he can't ever get beat, never. What are we doing? Trayvon Diggs is a pro bowl player. He did not ever get beat. Stephon Gilmore won Defensive Player of the Year in 2019. He did not never get beat. I can't think of very many times in a cowboy uniform when Deion Sanders got beat, but it had to have happened. Maybe now it's Dion. So Bland, after the game, he's talking about the ups and downs. Says, "Yeah, you know, it, it ain't ain't nothing special," and that's the beauty of Jerome Bland. He didn't go nuts when he broke the all-time record for pick-sixes. Incredible. He didn't go nuts up, and and. Nuts up. Is that, a, is that a saying or did I just make that up? He didn't go nuts up. And after a game of which he, he obviously did not play at his usual level because he actually allowed a touchdown, he didn't go nuts down. That's the beauty of the, the ugliness of the the world of Deron Bland now. Now he's a celebrity. And now if he sneezes wrong, TMZ is going to do an expose on it. The beauty of Deron Bland being Deron Bland is he probably won't care either way that much. <laughs> Item six: gambling. I told you the other day that somehow, some way, the Mark Cuban deal, where he goes into business with the with Miriam Adelson, who's worth thirty six billion dollars, is he's not he's not selling. The Mavericks, exactly. He's buying his way into the casino and resort business. That's really what's happening here. Um, it's also, my understanding is, there's everybody's saying he's selling the Mavericks for $3.6 million. I think he's selling a part of the Mavericks for more like a billion, by the way, not million, for two billion. So He's taking two billion, put it in his pocket, and then going into business with the Adelson's. Now, there are obstacles here. and the obstacles are political. As we said the night this happened, uh, the Lieutenant Governor in Texas is strongly anti-gambling. The Governor in Texas is not friends with Cuban. Miriam is friends with the Governor in Texas, not to mention the former President, Mr. Trump. She's very cozy with them, a power broker in those two circles. So Miriam coming together with Cuban, um, you've got now the financial and political muscle to twist some Republican arms, nothing against Republicans, or I don't care. This isn't about Republican or Democrat. This is about fake Bible Belt. This is the old joke about Baylor. And this, this predates my time here, but, you know, long time ago. Baylor won the conference some, and the old joke was, uh, now the people at Baylor, Baylor, Baylor won the conference championship. They're so happy about it. Now they're doing their drinking in public. Get it? <laughs> the the idea the idea that conservative texans don't gamble is hilarious and that's the game that the lieutenant governor has been trying to play obviously there's somebody that has nothing to do with him it's not his brain somebody is telling his brain what to say some some other gigantic powerful financial body is telling the lieutenant governor what he, they want him to say. He says there's no support for expanding gaming in Texas. Ahem! And we don't waste time on bills without overwhelming GOP support. Texas remains a red state. This is problematic and I don't get into politics very often here and I don't mean to here. I don't care about GOP support. I don't care about that side of the aisle or that side of the aisle. I care about what you want, and if you say I don't want gambling in Texas, then you, sir or madam, are a hypocrite. Governor Dan Patrick will not bloody likely stand in the way, representing some uh, uh, some invisible financial force that wants to tell him what to do. Not for not for long. But certainly not forever. And Cubans, what Cuban's done here, what he's done here with the Adelsons. And then along comes Jerry, nodding his head to the whole thing. Watch and see. By the way, item seven. Jerry is now said to be worth 14.6 billion. Cuban, 6.2 billion. Ray Davis, owner of the Texas Rangers. billion. The three of them added up together is 27 billion. That's still 6 billion less than Miriam has. And she makes or is worth just a little bit less than my wife. So Marsha's mansion (laughs) continues to sit on top of the big hill in Frisco. (coughs) Item. (laughs) Item eight. Let's break down the, the big Micah play at the end of the game. Um, you know what? South Texas, you might have a point. Texas already has its little form of gambling with the lottery and maybe doesn't want it. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. Zach Luna, $5, $50 pitch and Diddly diddly dink, what? The media is reaching so, so hard now to discredit the Cowboys. First it was they can't beat good teams. Then as soon as they beat a good team in a close game, now it's, why was it so close? (laughs) All you gotta do, and we've talked about this a lot, for your sanity, first of all, you could just turn off the stupid television. All you have to do is take the same standard and apply it to another good team. Most of the other good teams, and by the way, there are only two other teams record-wise, as good as the Cowboys, and that's the Eagles and the Ravens, most of the other good teams also haven't beaten anybody. And you know why most of them haven't beaten anybody? Because there really isn't very many to beat. Now, give the Eagles credit. In back-to-whack weeks, they beat Chiefs and Bills. Of course, now the Bills are nobody, right? They, They accomplished that. That's a something. But most of the good teams haven't beaten a mess of other good teams because there aren't a mess of other good teams. Now let's get to that play. Um, You know what? I I think you're going to be so intrigued by what we do here. Uh, Let me me hang on to that. Let's do that as item 10 because we're going to break this down as if I watch film. Item eight, as I said, item eight, the Michigan-Ohio State game. That was gigantic, right? Wasn't that like number three versus number four or something? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, As you know, my view on college football is the only reason to watch it is because it's practice for the pros. So it's training camp to me. It's It's, it's four years of training camp to me. Michigan-Ohio State. Number two or versus three or three versus four or whatever it was. And the drama of the cheat in Harbaugh. 19 million viewers. One of the highest watched college football games. 19 million viewers. The Cowboys versus the Commanders, which did not have gigantic implications the way that did. 44 million viewers. Item nine, as you're looking around the, this weekend, yes, you're have to. you you're correct, uh, LeJugger. You you root for the 49ers this week, obviously. And you're not going to get many more cracks at the Eagles playing a team that's as good as them. They just dealt with the Bills. They just dealt with the Chiefs. And now they're going to maybe or maybe not deal with the 49ers. We shall see. But, yes, you, you need the 49ers to beat the Eagles. Absolutely so. You guys are talking a lot about Michael Gallup. His time will still come this year. Uh, The idea of trading Michael Gallup isn't very appetizing to other teams because they have to take on a $13 million contract for a player who is not performing like a $13 million player. His contract is escapable to a degree if you want to do something after June 1st, but uh, after June 1st, remember, is after the draft and all the rest, so decisions will have already had to be made. It's not a very pretty situation. The best thing you want out of Michael Gallup is let's see him play well. Stephen White, Fish, ever eat menudo? No, but one of my favorite groups. (laughs) Dak's MVP odds. He's up to number two. And the guy who's at number one, Patrick Mahomes, has stats that are inferior to Dak's. That's right. I said it again. Dak Prescott is playing better than Patrick Mahomes is playing. And understand this about the MVP odds. Unlike this slapdick on that network or that guy who's trying to get a job. At, the odds makers don't care about DAC hate. And the people that are really doing rankings, who, who really deserves MVP attention, don't care about DAC hate or cowboy hate. Mookie Stakes, Glitter testicle joke. A glitter testicle joke. You can only get that here. Dex got the number two odds to win MVP. And that's probably underrating him. Because he's playing better than Patrick Mahomes. And finally, number 10. And I wrote about this at CowboysSI.com. And dear God, I wish you'd go read it. Because it's so good. Uh, CowboysSI.com is so good. And there's 75, we have a 75 member staff. So that's one of the reasons it's so good. The fact that uh, 10 million people a month go read it, which is incredible to me, that's another reason it's so good. The main reason that CowboysSI.com is the best thing that Sports Illustrated's ever done this side of the bikinis. Uh, The real, the the biggest reason, the biggest reason, the most important reason that CowboysSI.com is so good, uh, quite frankly, is um, me. (laughs) So, oh, let me sidebar it. Son of a gun. Item nine and a half. I said the other night regarding the Von Miller case, and as you probably know by now, Von Miller uh, he's a Dallas DFW guy, born here. Went to, uh, from Desoto, went to Texas A&M. Still has a home here, of course. And it's the Bills off week, so he gets to be home in Dallas with his girlfriend, with whom I think ha- he has children. And she says she's pregnant, and she calls the police. This is, by the way, this is sensitive stuff. In fact, you know what? I'm not going to do the sensitive stuff. She calls the police and says the thing she says. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. All of this stuff happened. The police put out a warrant for Von Miller's arrest. They do, indeed. he turns himself in. And last night, the woman told our friend Rebecca Lopez at WFAA Channel 8, you guys are blowing it out of proportion. We're fine. Uh, there, there, There was no domestic violence. A mistake's been made, a terrible, terrible mistake. And she said, it's it's sad, she's like, it's sad and outrageous. And you know what, it damn sure is. And what I said the other night is, no matter whether it did happen, didn't happen, exaggerated, 10 years of prison, uh, set. Look, I said, it's sad, no matter what. And here we are 24 hours later, And it's sad, no matter what. Now, finally, number 10. 40 years I've been covering the NFL, which is amazing for a man that looks as youthful as I do. One of the smartest things I've ever done is to be transparent with you in regard to how dumb I am. One of the smartest things I've ever done is tell you how dumb I am. Dumb, that is, not in terms of my IQ, my IQ is, Rocket ship. Dumb in the sense that I'm not an owner, a general manager, a coach, a scout, or a player, and I don't pretend that I am, and I never have, and I never will. I therefore respect the people who are in that arena, in the arena, even to the point of being deferential. In other words, when it's a debate between me and Will McClay, I tend to forfeit. But even a layman like me has the right to wonder closing moments of Cowboys 41 to 35 over Seattle, uh, Thursday night football at AT AT&T stadium. Did the Seahawks really purposely draw up the ill-fated final offensive play in a way that would leave Micah Parsons unblocked? They did it on purpose for real Yes. So we decided to dig into the X's and O's about this. So if that's what you're into, good, you've come to the right place. I don't do this often for reasons that I've detailed, but let's go. Gino, it is in the design. The design that allowed Michael Parsons to sprint unencumbered at the quarterback, knocking Gino violently back as his toss of the football fluttered innocuously to nowhere. Gino says the right tackle, that's Abe Lucas, had the squeeze right there versus zero. Lucas in the locker room, and our man Corbin, uh, Corbin Smith was there for this. So Lucas tells us that very last play on offense, it was zero pressure. So I had to do what is called a sift. So I have to come down so as not to leave the middle free. A lot of people don't really know that, Correct. So it looks like we just let Micah run off the edge. No, no, that's the rule of protection. There's a method to our madness, he said, which, by the way, I, I, Lucas sounds like a very smart kid. Abe hey, Lucas sounds like a smart guy. Good. Madness indeed. Because as I really do understand the concept and, and work to understand the concept, the Seahawks running back, DJ Dallas, was supposed to zip past Parsons in the backfield and into the right, into the flat, where a quick swing pass. He'd catch it, get four yards, and the drive would continue for Seattle. That was the plan. The plan was based on the idea that DJ Dallas would get to the flat faster than Micah would get to the quarter, unblocked Micah. Because again, the tackle's not blocking Micah. He's sliding inside, he's sifting So here comes Micah and it's a race. DJ to the flat versus Micah to Geno. Guess who won? The, the, the Seattle coaching staff underrated how fast Micah Parsons is. How is that possible after three years of evidence? That was their bet. Parsons to Geno versus DJ to the flat. Pete Carroll and the offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, made a very, very bad bet, and it cost them the game. Micah talked a little bit about this. I'll just boil it down to five words. Micah, simply, that's not a good strategy. We got the speed of Micah, and I think we can all argue, I I know what Mike Tomlin says about T.J. Watt. I'm not disagreeing. He's T.J. Watt. He said, T.J. Watt's the best defensive player. It's not even close. I get it except for the part that is close. Micah Parsons is arguably the NFL's most game-wrecking defender. He's, he's, His effort is legendary, but most of all, his speed is legendary. The quickness with which Micah moves, and we've seen him put on moves on the defensive line like he's a basketball player. We've talked about how he's... The Saquon Barkley of defense. In fact, I think Saquon Barkley might have been one of the guys that said that. That in terms, he's he's got moves like he's a like he's a punt returner, like he's a six foot three, two hundred and fifty pound punt returner going after the quarterback. So you could explain to me the squeeze, and the sift, and the zero, which means Dallas is blitzing, and you still leave me asking, yeah, thanks, coach. But why didn't you block Micah? Gino says, I thought Shane called a great game. Amazing game. Receivers ran great routes. Protection was awesome. Whole offensive line played phenomenally. And they did do all kinds of great things against the Cowboys defense. They gave us a good chance to make plays. And guys made good plays. All true until the madness. Nobody was assigned to block Micah Parsons on the key play of the game. If this was, if that had happened to the other team last night, people would be calling for the people would be calling for the firing of Brian Schottenheimer. This is another example of how we talk about a lot around here. Dirty Sanchez, five dollar pitch, and that's like trying to slap an electric fence. I'll just take my hand away so fast that it won't electrocute me. That's good. This is another great example of what we talk about here, about pretend you're the other team. If you're the other team and that happened to you, number one, if it was the Cowboys, the world would explode. But number two, if you pretend that you're a Seahawks fan, then you recognize it's not just the Cowboys coaches who make a mistake. It's not just the Cowboys receivers who drop a ball. It's not just the Cowboys owner who says a goofy thing. It's it's universal. Jesse, the play was to use Micah's aggressiveness to get a wide open dump off. That's correct. But they underestimated the speed with which he would assert his aggressiveness. I got one guy, I got one smart guy who's plugged in, in Seattle, who says, if they don't make the playoffs, that will be looked at back as a fireable offense for the offensive coordinator. I don't know. We'll see. I, I still think that's a, I mean, that's a playoff football team and you saw it last night, but, but I wanted to make the point. First of all, I wanted to prove that I can talk to X's and O's. Ha ha. But I, I also want to make the point of how universal it is that a team makes a bad call, running back fumbles the ball, linebacker misses a tackle. It ain't just you. And you know what? Out of 11, 12 games so far this year, it hadn't been you, nine of them. Good for you. TGIF, enjoy your weekend. We'll be hanging out with you. Don't uh, think we won't. Uh, Fish at six every weekday night. Uh, Breakfast at Fish and E's every weekday morning at 720 and CowboysSI.com at your service. Fish out.